The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. grateful that God is faithful to them. Has God been faithful to you? I'd like you to give Jesus a big, big, big hand clap. He's deserving of our praise. Deserving of our worship. And those of you who are online, I'd like you to put it out there. Father, great is your faithfulness. We adore you. We worship you. We reverence you. We acknowledge you. And we acknowledge the Father. You've been faithful, too faithful to fail. Too good to be true. You are worthy of our praise. Let's magnify him once more. Just say, Father, we thank you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you worship. Thank you for being so faithful to us. Thank you for being so faithful to us. Accept our thanks. Accept our praise and accept our worship. You deserve all our praise and all our worship and all the honor. And all the glory. If we had a thousand tongues, it would never ever be sufficient to praise you. But from the depths of our hearts, we say thank you. Great is your faithfulness. Oh Lord, my Father, we give you all the glory. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. If you're happy to be in the house once more, I'd like you to celebrate Jesus. Let's give him a big hand clap. And those who are watching online, give him a big hand clap. Put your hand clap on the chat room. Hallelujah to God Almighty. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may please be seated in his wonderful presence. Those of you watching online, we love you. Thank you for joining us. The Lord bless you richly in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. The fragrance of life, the Lord bless you richly in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm excited this morning about what God is about to do in my life because he says I will do a new thing. How many people are excited in the house? Declared he will do a new thing in my life. He will do a new thing in my life. Those of you watching online, put it out there in the chat room. He will do a new thing in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. The new things have begun to spring forth. And very soon, the testimonies will abound. And it shall be from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Just some quick housekeeping before we go into what God will have us talk about this morning, um, let's not forget that this week from the 18th to 20, we have the Americans Convention, the RSCG Convention, the Americas. And um, what we're going to be doing by the special grace of God is that we're going to be connecting by the special grace of God on Friday to the line. We're going to be connecting to the worship service. And trust God that it's going to be a blessing to each and every one of us. So um, once the notification button is on, on our chat room, um, on the YouTube, I'd like us to please connect with that. 
And the Lord will bless you as you join that in Jesus' name. All the young adults, those of you watching online, and those of you in-house, let's also not forget that September the 3rd and the 4th, you're having a zonal youth um, program. And it's going to be an amazing time. Amazing time. It's, it's going to start with Friday. It's going to be a worship experience. It's a spontaneous worship, and you can't afford to miss it. And leading that session is to me favored. And I am looking forward to a great time with that. It's holding at the Redemption House somewhere in Aurora. And there are limited spaces, so not all of us can be there physically. But please connect online. The information will be sent out to the respective youths. And let's try and connect with that. The Lord will bless us richly as we do in Jesus' name. Um, last but not the least, I, I like I like to quickly um, make one or two quick uh, announcements before I go into what we have to share. We're going to be having our first our first throne of grace wedding. I don't know if you're excited, but I'm excited. Hallelujah! And you know, typically, typically, why I'm so excited is because typically when we're doing a wedding or such. Maybe one person is in-house, and then the other person is from outside. But in this one, both of them are in-house. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think I'll save the details for another day. But um, I'd like to quickly have, um, so that those of us who do not know um, Sister Day Sola and Brother Osas will know them. Can we quickly please have Sister Day Sola um, please come up, from, come up from where you are. Uh, Brother Sass, please, can you come to the front? Let those who are in the camera see your face. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, please, can you, can you just turn around? Can you come closer? Um, let the camera, please, come to the camera. Come, turn, come, to, come to the camera. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to I don't know about you, but I'm I'm highly excited. I'm highly excited. I'm highly excited. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, and God is gonna bless their union. God is gonna give them a wonderful marital experience. It shall be from glory to glory to glory to glory in Jesus' mighty name. The Lord bless you. So the date is September the 11th. If you want to join the wagon, you're going to register with them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the time is 2 p.m. in the afternoon. There are limited space. So um, I don't know. You, it's not everybody that can come in. Um, but those who want to come in, um, you register with them. <laughs> the Lord bless you. Lord bless you, sir. Bless you, bless you sister. Dear Salah. You may have your seats in Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> you, you know the the beautiful thing about the beautiful thing about this is that Sister Dear Salah have been serving faithfully with our multimedia team every Sunday throughout the pandemic. Those of you who watch online, all those streamings you see. Um, she's been one of the people who have been behind the scene, ensuring that we can have the services broadcasted to every one of us. And um, it's been an amazing sacrifice and time, you know. But as she was busy doing God's thing, God was busy doing her own thing. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 And Brother Sass has also been faithfully serving in the sanitation department. The Lord bless you as well. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you because the entrance of your word brings light. It brings illumination. It brings clarity. It brings progress. We're asking the Lord there will be illumination from your word. We ask that there will be a light from your word. We ask that God, as your word comes, our life will not be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus, speak to us from your word. Let your word transform and change us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Unless I forget, I, I have the best parents in the world also here in the house. My father and my mother. The Lord bless you, sir, and the Lord bless you, ma. I celebrate you greatly. Thank you very much for worshiping with us. In Jesus' mighty name. We must not fail to give honor to those who honor is due. I'm very certain that if not for the grace of God upon their life that impacted that same grace upon me and my siblings, I won't be standing here today. So I celebrate you, sir, and I celebrate you, ma, in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18 to 19. And those who have been following us, when we started a series, A New Beginning, will recollect that we took our text from this passage of scripture. We took our text from this passage of scripture. And it says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why? It goes further to say, behold, I will do. It's not, it's not saying I may. It says I will. It is a positive confirmation that he will. It is not a probability. When something is a probability, it stands to chance. Chance becomes maybe it will happen or maybe it will not happen. But it says, I will. It is definitive. It is concrete. There is no gainsaying of the fact that he will do a new thing. And he began to say, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? He says, I will make a road in the wilderness rivers in the desert. Not even one river, but it's a rivers. In other words, everywhere that I've been tagged impossible, I will do what? I will do a thing that becomes possible. Everywhere there's been a report that is contrary to expectation, I will change the report. Everywhere the doors have been locked, he says, I will do the impossible. Everywhere the heavens are closed. He's saying I will open the heavens over you. Maybe somebody hearing the sound of my voice they have given you a report that seems, seems this report is not the kind of report I want. The Lord is saying to tell you this morning I will change that report for you. Say so I will do a new thing. And we began to speak about you know what new, new things mean? Now we said it could represent. I just recap some session of it for those who have not been in the past two services that we've heard. It, it, it says, look, hey, a new thing could be something new. 
It could be something progressive. It could be something added to your life you're expecting. It could be an undeserved favor you're looking up to, you know, looking up to God for. And on and on. On and on. And we said that there are certain things we need to do to experience a new thing. Let me quickly do a, a, quick, a quick text. How many people will remember the things we have said about that you can do to provoke new things? If you're on the line, watching online rather, I'd like you to put one of them. Just put as many as you can remember in the chat room. Okay, somebody here says focus. Somebody says praise. Somebody says fervent prayer from there. What else? I think we talked about four so far. So I think we've mentioned three now. New birth. Praise the name of the Lord. That is why it is good to do or to have your notes. <laughs> you know, that's why it's good to have your notes. There's still one that we have not mentioned. If you have your notes, you can easily flip on it or flip through it. Faith, strong faith. The Lord bless you, sir. He, has, he sure has his notes. And that's why he could uh, easily look at it. That's why we write down things, you know. That's why we put down. I have notes that I've, like I've said several times before that people blessed me with or God blessed me with dating 20s of years ago. I have notes as far back as 2020, 2002, 2001, 1999. So every time I want to look at what God is saying, I can flip back to them. And thank God for parts where you can easily, you know, keep writing and writing and writing and then you can store them up somewhere. But that's just, that just digression. But if he says, behold, I will do a new thing, and he says, first, forget the past, it simply means that there's something about the past you've got to let go of. Too many of us are centered in our past. Too many of us have conditioned our future by our past. So many of us are saying, oh, this is how it's always been. This is how it will always be. How wrong you are. How wrong you are. Maybe someone hearing the sound of my voice. Your marriage has been something that has not been too good. You're saying in your heart, this is how it's always been. This is how it will always be. The same God yesterday, today, forever. That's not a, that is not the context of that scripture. It's a misquote of scripture. He's saying, I will do a new thing. And he's saying to you and I, forget the past. Forget the past. Every time God says forget the past, your past may be present or maybe yesterday. Every day becomes new. In other words, if you don't like today, there'll be something new tomorrow. If you don't like yesterday, there'll be something new today. So there must be something you are hungry for, something you are looking up to God for, something you're saying, Lord, where is the new? Where is the new? Where is that something you're about to do in my life? Where is that change in my business you're about to bring to pass? Where is that change in my career I'm about to step into? Where is that change in my home, in my finance? There must be something new you are looking up to. Friends, there's always something new I am looking forward to. Always something new because it says forget the past. That is what scripture says in Job chapter 8 and verse 7. It says, though your beginnings be small, in other words, your present may not be 
consequential, it may not be significant. He said, but your later end, that is to say my tomorrow will be better than my today. I don't know about you, friends, but your tomorrow shall be better. Tell somebody your tomorrow shall be better. Put it out there in the chat room, my tomorrow shall be better. In the mighty name of Jesus. Two more things I'm going to speak about that provokes a new beginning, that provokes a better future. The second or the 15 or the 16, I think that is the sixth, because we talked about 55 already. The sixth thing that provokes a new beginning is what they call obedience. Obedience. Sometimes obedience is a very high sounding word. No, obedience. And sometimes it becomes a little bit very confusing. Or we even get into leg the legalism of, of the word, obedience. What is right, what is wrong. But obedience is a major factor, a major key to provoking new beginnings. God said to Abraham, you got to move. What if, for instance, Abraham said, no, I don't, Lord, I don't understand this. I'm not going nowhere. Lord, it just doesn't make sense. I'm going nowhere, Lord. Let me stay where I am. He, miss, he misses the blessing. He misses the blessing. He misses it. Many times, many of us, we read through scriptures. But see, it's not the knowledge of scriptures that matter. It's the obedience of scriptures that matter. Have you seen a driver before who sees a sign and ignores the sign? And then he expects that things will go well. I, I remember some, so many years ago, you know, in my younger years when I was driving. <laughs> and and, and then I, I, I was, you know, you know, every young kid, they, you know what, what, what they do. They, they put their foot on the turtle and they just want to give it off. Just to ensure that look, they've maximized the speed limit or whatever. But you see, there was a curve. And there was a sign that showed the curve. The natural thing to do is to step on the brakes and slow down. But I saw the sign. But oh, jolly fellow, I got to cruise this vehicle. And then the next thing that I saw was I was struggling to keep pace with the road. Until I had to step on the brakes. Reading the signs, friends, without obeying it does not matter. It's inconsequential. It's an accident waiting to happen. But you see, reading the scriptures without obeying it is also inconsequential. Obedience is simply compliance to an order. Or a request. That's what it is. Simply compliance. It's simply doing what you're asked to do. That's what obedience is. Go. Yes, sir. I'm gone. Sit down. Yes, ma'am. Sit down. Obedience is a measure of your ability to respond to God's instruction. That's what obedience is. Your ability to respond to God's instruction. And friends, God speaks through different ways. He speaks through the word of God. So your ability to respond to scriptures is what provokes what? Provokes obedience. I mean, provokes new beginnings. If God says, I will do a new thing, and we've been talking about the things that can provoke those new beginnings, have you started practicing them? 
Have you started coming to a place where you wake up in the morning and you give God father and praise? Are you born again and you surrendered your life to Christ? Are you exercising your faith? Are you taking out time to pray and push in the place of prayer? That's what obedience is. It's simply doing what God says. It's a response to the word of God. And friends, in the Bible, it's loaded everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything you need about life is found here. It's found in this book. It's found there. Talk about good health. It's found there. Talk about marriage. It's found there. Talk about association. It's found there. Talk about how to get to the top. It's found there. Everything is loaded there. So your response, my friends, to the world is what brings us to a place of new beginnings. Not only to the word of God, but also your response to his voice. How many people hear the voice of God? You, you, you hear him clearly. You know how he speaks to you. If you don't know, go find out. Every child hears the voice of his father. So you've got to understand how he speaks to you. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And they hearken to the voice of his master. Most times God is not going to speak through an audible, great voice. My son, my son. Go down from Oshawa and get to Toronto. When you get to Toronto, there's a car parked by somewhere there. I'm giving you that car. If I must ask if you hear that, you better run. <laughs> but see, God is going to give you simple instructions. You're going to hear some promptings in your heart. Some promptings. I was reading a story of, of a, a man who was in church and then some, something just said to him in his heart, give something to that woman. And he looked across the side. He saw an elderly woman sitting somewhere by the side and he checked his pocket and he realized that all he had in his pocket was $5. And he said to himself, how can I go and give $5 to this woman? Yeah, no, no, no. Let me not embarrass myself. Can you imagine if, for instance, God says to you, now, give something to the person by your side. And then you look into your pocket, all you have is $5. And you want to stretch the $5. The person first sees the $5, we may even insult you. That's the first notion that will come into your mind. But you see, so this guy pushed it off. When he pushed it off, the nudging came again. Give it to him, her. That's so why he summoned up courage and walked up to the woman and said, Ma'am, I'm, I'm not really sure I should do this, but there's something in me that just says I should give you this, and that's all that I have. So I'm giving it to you. So she took the money and squeezed it into the woman's hand. And the woman started crying. She said, I left from home with the last gas in my car to come to church. Not knowing how I'm going to get back because my gas was empty. You are my miracle that God has sent. Five dollars may be a miracle to someone else. Friends, it's the listening of the voice and the promptings of God that may make the difference. It may make the difference. It may make the difference. That is why you must listen to the promptings of the voice of the Spirit. Every now and then he speaks. Turn left. Turn right. Go forward. 
You will prosper in this land. You will excel. He speaks to you. Friends, when he speaks to you, claim it. Don't, don't argue. What is this speaking to me? Claim it. Walk in it. Stand by it. Take the steps. That makes a difference. I've said us, I shared here before with us the story of how God, you know, changed my debt, indebtedness overnight. You know, in 2006, you shared the story several times. Heavily indebted, so that 10 years I will not be able to pay off my, all my debts. Then God said, Go, I just had that prompting in my heart. Go and borrow my money. I borrow my money. <laughs> like, what kind, of, what kind of talk is that? Most times, the things that God says to us does not make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But Lord, who borrow me money? Already I'm heavily geared. And the irony of it is that borrow money for what? It's, 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 most times God does not give you all the instruction in full package. He says to Abraham, leave to a place where I will show you. How many people would take that kind of daring move? That's what obedience calls. You may not see the full staircase, but you decide to do what? Take a step each day and time. Take a step. Take a step. Who borrow me money? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of any other person. But see, by divine providence, all I, I, started, I started looking for people who borrow me money. It was when I took that step of faith of doing what obeying and asking for money from someone that the next instruction came. Most times, God is not going to give you the next instruction that will lead to your promotion until you take the first step in obedience. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, there's a step that God has told you to, told you to take. You're waiting for the big one when you're not taking the first one. Take the first step. The fullness of the rest will manifest. So obedience could also be a response. God can speak to us through godly authorities. So obedience, therefore, could be a response to godly authorities. Spiritual authorities, secular authorities over your life. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20, it says, believe in the Lord your God. And you shall be established. Believe also in spiritual authority over you. Say your pro, his prophets. And what will happen? He said, and you shall prosper. You shall prosper. In other words, even simple instructions from leadership may be a requirement for prosperity. Very simple instructions. I can, I, can, I can tell us several times and times again when, when my spiritual leaders have said to me, don't do this. I remember once when I wanted to resign from a job, you know, that I wanted to, re that, that I've, I've so, so tired about it. But you see, one of the things that I've said to myself is that every time I want to make a major decision in my life, I'm going to run it with my spiritual mentor. So I called my pastor and I said, pastor, I, I want to resign. I'm, 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 I'm just sick and tired of this work. I have written out the resignation letter. I was holding it in my hands. I'm going to just tender it. But I just said, let me check up first and see whether you, you have something to say. And she said to me, don't do that. I will tell you what to do. So I, I didn't tender the resignation. I held it back. Then when I spoke to her again, she said to me, don't. But, but I'm tired. 
tired. It's my life. Let me do it. Let me do it. But so the truth, friends, is that in simple obedience is where God leads you into greener pastures. Listening to that simple obedience changed the trajectory of my life. Not two months after then, God opened phenomenal doors that I never expected. But if I had taken the wrong decision, it would have changed the whole. Sometimes God does not make sense. And that's some reasons why many of us do not obey him. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. God said to Elijah, go to the brook in 1 Kings chapter 17. He said, go to the brook. He said, there I will take care of you. 1 Samuel chapter, I mean, 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 2. He says, go to the brook and there I will take care of you. He said, in verse 3, he says, he says stay in the brook, chariot, hide there. And then he goes further to say, that, look, I have commanded the ravens in the first place. How can God take care of somebody in the brook where only water runs? Now, if, if he were you, what would you think of? I don't know about you, but I will ask God, is there somebody in the brook who is cooking food? <laughs> is there anybody there? The, 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 to make matters worse, he said to him, I have commanded a raven. My people will call it, no, no. Bed. He said, I've, co I've commanded a bird to, to, to take care of you. Oh, but, but God, if, if, you, if you even tell me you have commanded somebody, I'm, I'm just certain that at least the person can maybe, the, I don't know the person, but he can perform. How can you command a bird? How can you? How, how can a bird take care of me? But that's what the scripture says. If you look at verse 4, that's what the scripture says. He said, I've commanded a bird to feed you. And, and, and what is even very, very interesting is that the raven is a, an animal that eats anything. Anything and everything. Both, both flesh or anything. It just eats anything. So how can you entrust the feeding of me to a bird that eats anything? <laughs> that, is, that is very, very ironic. Very, very ironic. Very, very ironic, but God's ways are past finding. When he says a thing, he has the capacity to bring it to pass. When God says a thing, he has the ability to enforce it. That is why, friends, don't despise the things that God says to you part-time and part-season. Why? Because he has the capacity to do what to bring it to pass. Has he said to you a word? It may not align to common sense, but it aligns to God's sense. It does. It does. Someone hearing the sound of my voice, the reason why you have not advanced further from where you are is because you are despising the days of your little beginning. Don't. Don't. Every time God sends a word, you know what that word does? The word is first out there to test us. The word is first out there to test you. God's word tests you. It tests your heart. It tests your faith. And then, of course, it moved, it moved on. Now, now what, what sometimes many of us, and we see that in the story of Elijah, what many of us, what happens is that now when God now tells you, hey, I'm going to do a new thing, and he brings you to, into somewhere, and then suddenly the thing finishes or a problem comes up, we say, ah, but God, I thought you spoke to me here. But I thought you said this job is going to be the oasis. It's going to be, it's going to be the bed of many roses. 
God, but I thought you said that, look, this is it. This is it. This is it. I thought you said that this marriage is going to be bumpy. It's going to be, oh, wonderful. And then not too long after that, the, the, the brook dried up. The bro- everything dried up. If I were Elijah, I would have said, but God, how, how come? How come the brook is drying up? From time to time, and everyone under the sound of my voice, when God says I will do a new thing, it's not a permanently new thing. It's a progressively new thing. In other words, when it is time to move you to the next level, the brook of the brooks of your life is going to dry up. And when it moves you to the next level, then at that point again, the brooks or the widow will end up feeding you for a season. And after that, someone else takes over. That's what happened with Elijah. God said to her, me him, verse 7, do what? A woman has, will take care of you. And then Elijah did what? He just, he just moved. Elijah did not debate. Elijah did not question. Elijah did not doubt. He just moved. He has seen the pattern. Friends, understand the patterns of how God deals with you. How God deals with people because it matters. When God says a thing to you, just do it. Tell somebody, just do it. Put it out there in the chat room, just do it. Just do it. That is it, just do it. I'm not saying you should wear a Nike shoe. You know, the logo of Nike is just do it. That's, that's, that's a trademark. It just, it's just, just do it. Every time, I, every time I see that trademark, you know, with the... Just do it. Anything he says, just do it. Mary said to the disciples, anything he says to you, just do what? Just do it. Peter said, I have told all night, I have caught nothing. But at your word, I will just do it. Friends, that should be the motto of our lives. Anything he says to me makes sense or it doesn't make sense, I will just do it. He says to me, Hey, love your spouse, love your wife. Whether she makes sense or she doesn't make sense, I will just what? I will just do it. Anytime things are not adding up and I look at scripture and this is what the scripture says to me, I will do it. I will take it and just do it. Someone hearing the sound of my voice, all you need to do for your new beginning is to look for the things that make sense in your life. I mean, that does not make sense in your life. And you're looking for reward and look for reward and do what? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. My prayer is that God will change your trajectory as you obey the word of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. The question is, why do people not obey God? Or obey the word? What is the, that's the question. One of it is that people lack understanding of God. They're moved by common sense. There's a tendency for the fresh flesh to lust against the spirit. Most times people don't understand how God's ways are. Friends, if you need to understand God, go and search out for him. Know how he prays and know how he works. The Bible says that Moses understood both the ways and the acts of God. But some people are only looking for the acts, they know the, the blessings. You see, you, you've got to understand the ways of God. How does God do his things? How does he do his things? How does he bless people? 
How does he do his things? And once you understand it, you do what? You follow it. Follow it. How can, and, 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 and I, like, I, like, I like this to, to go down to everyone that is hearing the sound of my voice or those watching online. Always remember that when God says a thing, even if it is not there in the physical, automatically it comes into reality. So you have to believe it, even if it's not there. If he says you carry your own child, even if let every man be a liar, just believe it. If he says you'll be married and the years are running, just believe him that the man is being cooked from somewhere or the woman is being baked, you know, from somewhere. And when the fullness of time will come, God will reveal him or her. Just believe. Just believe. Most times we, we don't understand the things of God or want to run faster than God. You can't run faster than him. Let's understand God. The second reason why people don't is that people hold tightly to the things, the things in their lives. They hold tightly to some things and they don't want to let go. They don't want to let go. They don't want to let go. And when we see it, we see very, you know, typically with our children. You buy something for a small child and then, and then and you say, hey, dear, can you take this uh, bounty? And then the child is eating the bounty. And you say, and you are holding something else. And the child does not know you are holding something else bigger than bounty. And say, can you give me that bounty? Say, no, no, dad. No, 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 no. Okay, can you just give me a little? No, no, it's too small for me. Or can you share with your brother? No. Meanwhile, the child does not know that you are holding something else to give to him. Most times we hold tightly to what God wants to replace with something better. Friends, if you just release what is in your hand that you're holding tightly to, you realize that God will bring amazing blessings, amazing promotion, amazing increase into your life by releasing what you're holding. The truth is that you can't gain without releasing. That is why when you want to receive something, how do you do? You stretch out your hands, right? Yeah, you stretch out your hands. Have you seen anybody receiving something clutching? If I want to give Eddie Kimu, you want something now. And, and then I say, I say, take, and he's clutching his hand. Do you think, oh, I'll just say, this guy doesn't want to, this guy doesn't want to take it. <laughs> this guy doesn't want to take it. But if he opens his hands, then it becomes easy for me to place it into his hands. And that, that's what happens to many of us. God is saying to you, you know, give up 10% of your income as, as a blessing, as an honor to my name. You say, no, no, Lord, no. But even, the, even, even this 10%, even the whole 100% cannot even settle my bill. So why will I give 10? And we rationalize it in our head. And sometimes we, we, we even extend the rationalization. Should I give it gross or should I give it net? <laughs> <laughs> when even 100% does not do anything, you've got to trust God, my friend. You've got to trust God. The ways of God are, is past finding. That's what the Bible says to me. And that is why you've got to entrust everything into his care and let him do what? Do what he has to do. Let go of the things you're holding. Because the third thing why people don't is that they doubt. They doubt God. The doubt. Did God really say? You know, that was the first, uh, <laughs> that was the first question that uh, <laughs> Eve was asked in scripture. Did God really say? 
you're going to have a new beginning. Uh, you've been hearing it. In fact, several years ago, uh, you, you had it in one church. Uh, I would do a new thing. Without, because of either different experiences. Without, is God really speaking? Did I really hear well? Did he really hear well? I remember, you know, so many years ago when, uh, you know, we're trying to raise money for a building fund and then um, the piece of property that myself and my wife had saved up all the money that we had in the world to buy. I had something said to me, hey, give up that piece of property. I know, devil, just, 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 just bind you in the name of Jesus. Bind you. But the thing kept, kept coming. You see, God will not tell you. The devil won't tell you to go and do a good thing that will bless you. He can't tell you. He can't. So I decided to say, okay, Lord, if it is you, I'm going to rope it up my wife. If I ask my wife and she says no, okay. <laughs> but thank God for godly women. But before I have even finished saying it, he said, ah, is it that property? Ah, I had that. Let's give it. Let's not doubt God. Let's not doubt God. The last, the last reason why people don't obey is because of past experiences. Past experiences. Oh, I did this sometimes back and God did not show up. I obeyed the word. He did not show up. I fasted. I didn't see the miracles. I trusted. I didn't see the blessings. If I had a prophetic anointing on me, nothing happened. How am I sure the past experiences presents that this may not happen again? How wrong you are. Why not carry the fate of the woman with the issue of blood who had gone from place to place to place to place several times, the Bible says, spending everything. But she had one thing, faith in the fact that God can do what he says he will do. Faith. 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 Don't let your past experiences, friends, make you not obey God. Don't let, it, don't let those past experiences make you not obey God. And, and, and the truth is, the day that God decides to show up, you will not know. In fact, and, and, and I've said it time and time again, people losing their blessings when they're just about to get it. Like the story of Naaman. You know, we know the story of Naaman. They said to him, you know, he left. Naaman was a very powerful king. King, I mean, not powerful king, a powerful military leader in Syria. And then they said, the little, a little maid in the house said, okay, there's a prophet in Israel that can cure you of your lep leprosy. And Naaman said, really? He said, yes. So he carried all the armies and then all his bodyguards and went all the way to Israel. And then when he got to Israel, he was expecting some, you know, some abracadabra, some, you know, gymnastic. You know, the prophet of God would just come out and say, Ooh. 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 And I just, just lay some hands, you know, and just, and just push him a little, you know, and I maybe just give him some start so that I can let go and just fall down a bit. <laughs> but but uh, the, uh, the, the prophet just said to his servant, go and tell the guy to go and jump into the river seven times. And bath. The scripture said that the guy became very angry. How can I come all the way expecting, you know, you to do some, some good, 
gymnastics of a miracle. You, he didn't even see me. The Bible says he went angry and started going until the servant said, if the man have asked you to do something serious, wouldn't you have done it? So somewhere he listened. But see, here is where the miracle is and here is where I'm going to. The scripture says that he, he dipped the first time. He came out, nothing happened. He dipped the second time. He came up, nothing happened. He dipped the third time, nothing happened. He dipped the fourth time, nothing happened. The sixth time, nothing. If you were you, where would you do? You have done six. You did not change. So, uh, the, at least I should be seeing some sign that something is happening. <laughs> I should be seeing some sign. And that's why many of us make the biggest mistake of our lives. Oh, you, you are trusting God. You are fasting. You are praying for that child. You are praying for that marriage. You are praying for that business. They're not even calling you for an interview. Nobody's calling you. At least if something's going to happen, they will, start, they will call me now. At least they will just start calling me. Nobody's calling me. And I will give up. Or you can't see the sign that the marriage is changing. And you give up. Or you can't see the sign that the child is changing. And you give up. No, the Bible says that he that waits to the end shall do what shall inherit the promise. The scripture says you have need of patience after you have done the will of God to do what? So that you can stand and inherit the promise. The scripture tells us that it's on the seventh time somebody will receive your miracle. You will receive your miracles in the mighty name of Jesus. It does not matter how long it takes, but it will come. To come. It will come. Let's move to the second one because of time. The seventh thing that provokes change, provokes a new beginning, is what they call kingdom service. Kingdom service. Kingdom service. Kingdom service is one way that God uses to bring about new beginnings. And if you look at scriptures, time and time again, the scriptures tells us so many things about service. In Job 36 verse 11, a very popular scripture, and I like the scripture so well. I like the scripture so well. I caught understanding of this scripture when I was in the university. And this scripture has worked for me over and over and over again. He says, if you obey, which is the first one we talked about, and serve him. He said, then you will spend your days. How? So you spend your days in prosperity. Not only the days, but what? He says, your years in pleasure. Tell somebody, get ready for prosperity and pleasure. Put it out there in the chat room. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for prosperity and pleasure. Why? It is tied up to obedience and service. It's tied up. So if you obey and serve, you will spend your days. This is one scripture again that is not probability. It's affirmative. Very affirmative. Somebody preached this scripture so many years ago when I was on campus. And, and he said, if you, give, if you give your time for the business of God, 
God will give his time for your business. And he says, if, if, if the business of God becomes your business, then your business becomes God's business. And, and when, I, when, I, when I heard that scripture, when I heard that message, I said to myself, anything it will take me, I'm going to serve. And guess what? At that time, I just started using my dad's vehicle, you know, to learn how to drive. So I enlisted and I joined the, the driving squad in school. I was driving the bus almost everywhere. Everywhere. Some up to the point that the students themselves were thinking that I was driver. So every time they enter the bus, hey driver, can we go? We go we go here, we go there. Mom, my parents are here. Most times during holidays, I, I, I hardly went home for holidays. Why? I was busy driving all over the place for the kingdom walk. And friends, year after year, I've seen the hand of God working in my life. Seen the hand of God. Immediately after what they call youth service, you know, back in Africa, for those who know Africa, it's, it's, when you come up from school, it is very challenging to get a job. Very, very challenging. I didn't even apply for a job. Immediately after youth service, a job was waiting for me. For a job I didn't apply for. I, would, I don't have time to tell you the story. But, but God has been so good. And that is why I have made up my mind. Whatever it will take, my business, the first important business in my life is the business of God. Serving. Serving. He says in Exodus 23 and verse 25, and I like the way he puts it there. Exodus 23 verse 25. He says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will do what? He will bless your bread. Some translation puts it this way. He says he will bless you with food and water. He says, and he will take away sickness. He will take sickness away from you. Do you see the answer to COVID? He will take it away. He will take it away. The truth, friends, is that many of us and all of us we want to rise higher. We want to accomplish greater things, greater dreams. We, we want to overcome obstacles. We want blessings in our lives. We, 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 we want to aspire to higher highs. The secret, friends, is kingdom service. That's a secret. That's a secret. As long as we are self-conceited, as long as it is I, me, and myself, glory to God, it becomes a struggle. It becomes a struggle. That was, that, was, that was why Absalom's life ended badly. Absalom was all about himself. All about himself. All about himself. We know the end of, we know the, the end of Absalom was you know, one of the sons of, 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 uh, of David, King David. But the truth, friends, is that God brings people. He brings opportunities across your path so that you can serve those opportunities or serve God through those opportunities and channels. God will bring people into your life so that you will see how you will serve him through those people. Many times we think that, oh, oh God, when are you going to come so that I can serve you? 
<laughs> you know what the Bible says? He said, when I was hungry, hey, no, nobody was there. You, you were not there. When I was thirsty, you were not there. When I was in prison, nobody visited me. In, in order was God places priority and importance in the things we do in serving others. When you take a time to serve, it may be in your workplace, serving people. It may be in your local church. It may be in your local community. When you bring some assistance in caring for people, in making sure that people understand the things of life, in making sure that people become all that God has ordained for them to become, it can change the course of your life. It can. Because the blessing does not come from man. It comes from God. It comes from him. It comes from God. Nothing but him. You know, there's a very interesting story in the book of Luke chapter 5. The Bible tells us that Peter had told all night. I'm going to paraphrase the story. Peter had told all night and he caught nothing. We know the, very, we know the story very well. And he had some other friends. Now, can you imagine he had finished fishing? He told his family when he was going out, that, okay, I'm going to fish. Now, what would be the expectation after doing all night business? You would expect that by the time you get home, your wife will say, hey, honey, um, what did you kill today? What did you bring? The woman would be excited waiting to see the basket full of her. So Peter was watching his death. And was saying, hey, what am I going to go and tell my wife now when I get home? <laughs> Can you imagine, for instance, let's assume, for instance, you, you, you do a night, you do something, I'm using night because the Bible says he walked all night. So let's assume, for instance, you do a night job, and then after you finish the night job, and they say, okay, hey, sorry, honey, you know, um, we're not going to pay you today. If actually, we're going to relieve you of your job. And then you go home empty-handed. Or let's assume, you know, you, you drive an Uber. And then you drive, you drove all through the night. And, and no passenger, nothing. You turn off your app, you turn it on, you turn it on, you turn, nothing happened. You just drove round and round. And then, <laughs> for some people, the first thing they're even going to think about is that if they get home, what would they explain? <laughs> that they just drove round and round for nothing. But, but that was the case with Peter. And then suddenly Jesus, a stranger comes from nowhere and says, please, can you give me your boat? Let's assume you're finished driving. And then somebody says, can you please take me to somewhere? This is, but I don't have, I don't have cash. And I don't have my card. So I'm, I'm, I may not be able to pay you. Will you be able to help me? <laughs> if, I, if I the eye that I used to look at it. <laughs> yeah, because it, there's nothing as frustrating as that. Oh, I know that some of you are very spiritual people. You'll be in good mood when you are finished like that. Oh, I know I know the experiences I've gone through when, you know, I, I'm into business. When I've labored so much and I've, there's nothing coming in. And it's all kind of anger. I just can't. <laughs> you know, sometimes my wife used to make a joke. <laughs> when I come back home, my, my face is uh, not funny morals. It's not looking nice. My face is looking gloomy. He said, are you in need of money? <laughs> that, that would be your, the first question. 
is a business deal. Is a business deal where <laughs> because you see, look, look. I don't know. Some of you are looking at me as if you are very spiritual. <laughs> you are better. When there's no money in the pocket, the eyes is red. Eyes is red because you're thinking of beast. You're gonna pay. And then somebody, some, somebody somewhere begins to ask you for an extra favor. After going through that process, oh, trust me, I'm going to give a cold shoulder. Oh, sorry. You know, I'm, I'm just stressed out now. Can you just look for someone else? If I want to be polite, can you just look for someone else? Not tonight, not again. No, no, not again. Not again. Go, go try someone else, please. Try someone else. For some, it is the, the eye you even use to look at the person is enough to send the person away. But Peter, the, after he has finished cleaning up all the boat, did not even care. I said, yeah, you want to use it? Okay, come along. And the scripture says he pushed further into the sea. And then Jesus, only God knows how many hours he spent preaching. No, but the scripture does not tell us. But he must have spent some time preaching. This is a guy who has spent all night. I could imagine maybe he would be dozing when he was, the Bible was, but he was there. And after he has finished preaching, that is why he said to the master, when he said to him, he said, cast your net. He said, look, master, I have toiled all night. In, in other words, I know you are, you are God, but look, hey. <laughs> but he said, at your word, I will do what I will launch out. What gave him the miracle was the service. Not the obedience necessarily to the word. Because if he did not wait to act and serve, he would not have been privileged to receive the instruction for the miracle. Listen closely, friends. It is in your place of service that instruction for the miracle always comes. Oh, I can tell you time and time again, where in the act of service, an instruction for a miracle came into my life that changed the trajectory of my life. And it has happened for so many people over and over again, and over and over again. Job was busy after he, all sorts have happened to him. The Bible says one day he said, enough of this. Let me shake off this bad mood. The Bible says that Job began to do what? Serve his friends by praying for them. So Job, in Job 42.10, the Bible says that God restored his fortune. Why? He said, praying for them. Said, praying for them. And everything turned around. How many people remember King Saul in the Bible? Do you know that he was running an errand in service that led to his promotion? The scripture says his father said to him, please go and look for the donkeys. And, and he went out looking for the donkeys. Not one day, not two days. Oh, the diligence with which you do what you do matters much. If he had looked for one day and went back, that would be the end of the story. But the scripture says he sat for three days and when he had done everything, he could not find it. And, but there was still something to say, look, hey, I must, I, must, I must do this well. I must do this well. I must put in everything into it. I, I know that donkeys may not be special, but I must put it, things into it because that is what my father desires. <laughs> three days, he met a prophet that changed his life. If, for instance, they say, hey, go and look for the donkeys and say, oh, dad, that's how you always send me on kind of difficult errands. You, you're a rich man now. 
a rich man. What, what is three donkeys to you? Forget the donkeys. Let it be a blessing to somebody in the bush. Just forget the donkeys. Oh, you go one day and say, uh, guys, let's not waste our time. We've, we've been all over the place now for one day. My dad will make do with that. Let's just go. Let's go. So it matters. It matters how faithfully and how committed you are in serving. Look, look, listen, friends, listen, and I'd like you to listen very closely. Something powerful happens when you get your mind off yourself into pouring yourself into others. Something powerful always happens. It's a seed for your promotion. It's a seed for your increase. It's a seed for your enlargement. It's a seed for your expansion. That is why, friends, we must pay attention to the acts of service. We must. God is speaking through Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 58. He says, from verse 6 to 8, it says, Your light will suddenly break forth. When you feed the hungry, when you clothe the naked, when you help those in need, it says, then your light, and that is in verse 8, it says, then your light will break forth like the noonday. It says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. It says, your healing shall spring forth speedily. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, as you commit to service, your light will break forth, your healing will break forth speedily in the mighty name of Jesus. Sometimes the mistake that many of us make is that we don't want to serve because we say, oh, this is, uh, I, cannot, I cannot be called to do that small thing. No. I cannot be packing vehicles. I cannot be doing sanitation. I think I should, uh, I should be in choir, <laughs> you know, so that uh, when I, I hold the mic, <laughs> they will know that I've arrived. <laughs> you know, I, I got some, I got some good, good, good vibes. I can give them some swags, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because we despise the little things. Meanwhile, in the kingdom of God, God will first test you with the little before he proves you with the big. If you can't pass the test of the little, you can't pass the test of the big. Look at the life of David. David was busy serving animals. Moses, one of the greatest men in scriptures, who saw God and talked to God face to face, Moses thought, hey, I think I should first step into the palace and then just uh, tell them, look, I'm a prince here. I, I want to serve you guys. I want to serve you guys. Look, hey. Of course, he failed the test. You don't start from the top. You start from the bottom. I, I mean, have you seen anybody who wanted to start from school and they start from university? <laughs> if I, it's going to be F, F, F that you're going to be banging. You start from where? You start from, and that's what, that is the ways of God. Before God could anoint David to become king, he sent him first to go and serve animals. He wanted to see how he's going to do with animals, with sheep. How, how are you going to take care of sheep? 
How are you going to take care of donkeys? How are you going to take the way and the measure to which you take care of them is the way and the measure to which you're going to take care of the big things I'm going to bring your way. That is why David, when he confronted Goliath, he said, look, a bear came, but I could not let go. I could not allow the bear to take the treasures that God has committed to me. Listen, friends, if you must be relevant to God in whatever dimension in life, you've got to learn to start from the low place. One of my pastors, the first thing, if you're an old Christian, if you join the church and you say, hey, um, pastor, um, the Lord has sent me here to serve. He said, oh, really? He said, yes, sir. The Lord has sent me here to serve. He said, okay, um, how, how long ago have you given your life to Christ? He said, look, I, I gave my life to Christ in 1950. So, really? It's an amazing work. He must be a very deep, mature, spiritual Christian. He said, God has helped us, sir. <laughs> and I said, okay. Um, where do you want to serve? He said, sir, anywhere you send me. It's okay, anywhere. I said, oh, really? He said, yes. Okay, we say we have a lot of cars, you know, that sometimes they, don't, they find it difficult to know how they will park. Um, can you join the holy police, the people who park people? You see, but you see, what they, what they do is that they, they are there both during the rain and during the sun. That would be your first assignment. If you fail that test, it's gone. And the people, many people have failed the test. And you have it. I remember one man, you know, who came once, you know, he, and, and he came to church. He presented a lot, of, a lot of degrees, a lot of titles. And he said, hey, pastor, uh, God has sent me here. And, 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 and I saw it in the vision that, hey, you're going to, not in this church, you know, one of the churches where I pastored before. I said, uh, I'm going to do mighty things with, you know, in this church with you and on and on. And I just want to be a part of the workforce. I said, oh, you're welcome, sir. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome, sir. So where do you want to serve? Say, anywhere, pastor. So I sent him to the backside of the desert to be proved, and he failed the test. Many of you who want to serve, God is sending you to the backside of the desert to see how you will do in that backside. The test of where you are going to get to is a function of what God gives to you at the point in which you are. God tests the heart. God tests the heart. Service comes with challenges. You think he doesn't? Oh, ask David. He fought with bears. Ask, ask, ask um, Paul. He fought with the beast of Ephesus. Some people think that the beast of Ephesus is one beast in the, in the, in the bush called Ephesus. He says in travails, in difficulties with brethren. Many times, many of us were looking for a perfect church. Oh, I, I, I just want a perfect church where they will not step on my toes. Where everything will just be good. Pastor, they, they, they are stepping on my toes. Oh. They are stepping on my toes. Oh, Pastor, I can't, I, can't, I can't serve in that department because they are always stepping on my toes. Oh, but Pastor, I don't like the head of, I don't like the face of my HOD. It's always, uh, it's always, it's always, it's always. Yeah, really? You want to serve? If footmen weary you, the Bible says, what will horsemen do? If you can't fight with, with, with a bear in the valley, what will you do when God takes you to the valley and to the mountaintop? We're going to wake up. We're going to wake up, friends. Because we're called to serve him and not man. God to serve him and not man. 
Many of us are in various workplaces, in various communities, in various neighborhoods. You can't even stand your neighbor. What will you do when God puts you among thousands of people to lead? You can't even serve your neighbor. And some of us don't even greet our neighbor. Not even a high. And you want to serve Christ to them? We're going to wake up. We're going to wake up. If we want a new beginning, we must be ready to do what? Put on an attitude of service. And that attitude says you must make up your mind. And in closing, you must make up your mind to serve with gladness. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord how? With gladness. In other words, serve with joy. Serve with gratitude. Let it be that this is the best service I'm going to do. That even if you want to, even if you want to pin me to the wall. I am still ready to do what? I'm still ready to serve. They wanted to pin David to the wall. <laughs> he ran, but if he came back, if he came back. I, 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 have, you, have you come across leaders in the workplace before who you are serving them and they want to pin you to the wall? But you see, you are going because you know what the Lord has said to you. You are ready to commit your sacrifices and your service until God decides otherwise for you. Friends, let's listen and listen closely. The attitude of our service matters so much. And if you must serve, serve him well. Serve him with gladness. Serve him with joy. Serve him with everything you have got. So you are, you are going to, you are saying to somebody, who is your neighbor? Which church, which church do you go to? Say, so, uh, I don't really go to any church. Oh, do you mind? I can even take you to my church, you know. We, we usually have a nice time. I can give you a ride. Or a, a, a colleague at work, his car is broken. I say, hey, do you mind if I come by your place to pick you up? Somebody will say, but this is not America. Offer the service force. Let them refuse. Maybe a pointer for you to being able to introduce Christ to them. Oh, can we go out for lunch today? They'll say, really? Uh, not a, you know, Canadians like food. Oh, yes. That's one of the things I learned quickly. Canadians like food, both any color. Oh, we like food. We like food. So, but this one is going to be on me. So, oh, oh my God, oh my God. Because everybody, everybody, everybody swipes their card. So, you say that this one is going to be on me. Oh my God, but you don't really have to do this. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to do this when you're collecting it from me. Why not just tell me thank you? Why, why are you telling me you don't have to do this? <laughs> God will enlarge you. God will promote you. God will give you unimaginable blessings. Everything he has spoken concerning your destiny, may he bring it to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus, stand to your feet. I'd like us to take one or two prayers as we bring this to a close. I'm going to say, Father, I receive grace to obey you. I receive grace. I receive grace to serve you. In the mighty name of Jesus, the grace to obey, the grace to serve. I receive it today in the name of Jesus. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. 
I receive the grace. I receive the ability. I receive the grace to be. I receive the grace to serve. Everything that it requires, every grace, every ability, every wisdom requires to serve. I receive it today in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare, oh God, I will serve you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. I receive grace to obey your word. I receive grace to serve you, to serve you to the end, oh God. The ability, everything required, I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it. I receive it, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I receive the abundant grace. I receive the abundant ability that the glory and the honor may be yours, our Father. Take all the praise. Take all the praise. Two more prayer points, and I think we'll round up at the point. Two more prayer points. You're going to lift up your voice. You're going to say, Father, you said in your word that if I serve you, you will say you will give me, I will spend my days in, in, in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Therefore, Father, in the name of Jesus, let me spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. As I serve you, I make up my mind. From today, I will serve you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. I will spend my days in prosperity. I will spend my years in pleasure. I, in the name of Jesus, I declare my days in prosperity, my years in pleasure. In the name of Jesus, I declare to God, prosperity is working in my favor. In the name of Jesus, it's working in my favor. Things are working in my favor. In the name of Jesus, my years are filled with pleasure in the name of Jesus. My heart abounds in newness in the name of Jesus. I receive it, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In closing, 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 9. The Bible says three lepers had a new beginning. And they said in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9, this day is a day of good news. He said, this day is a day of good news. He said, we will not remain silent. We will not remain silent. You're going to lift up your voices. Father, from today, good news follows me in the name of Jesus. I will not remain silent. I declare it from today. Good news, good news, good news, good news. In my workplace, in my career, in my life, good news, good news, good news, good news, good news. In my home, good news. In the life of my children, good news. In everywhere that I set my feet on, good news. In the name of Jesus. In ministry, good news. Malapo this day, oh God, is a day of good news. From today, I receive good news. I receive good news over everyone in throne of grace. Good news. News, oh God, that will be a source of blessing to every. We receive it today. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. We declare to God, good news is coming our way. A ministry is coming our way. Immigration-wise is coming our way. Financially is coming our way. Career-wise is coming our way. Vocationally is coming our way. In the life of our children is coming our way. In our homes, good news is coming our way. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything tagged bad news ceases today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Good news unfolds in ways unimaginable. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Maybe you're not born again.
Jesus is not the Lord and the Savior of your life. You can't enjoy a new beginning without him. New birth is the first step. Why not make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life? The rest of us who are talking to God, whatever era represents the new beginning you desire, talk to him. And those of you who want to give your life to Christ, maybe you're watching online, you want to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me now. Change me now. He can give you a new beginning. Father, we thank you. For everyone on the line, online watching, who want to say, Jesus, come into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Give everyone a new beginning in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship and adore you. Everyone watching online and everyone in, in person, a decree over your life. A news that will change the trajectory of your life is coming your way this week. In the mighty name of Jesus, the heavens over your family, over your career, over your future, I declare them open right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, everywhere you have suffered rejection, I command favor comes upon your ways right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, every door locked against you, I command them open right now in the name of Jesus. May the sound of abundance of rain fill your life to an overflowing. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you believe it, jam those hands together. Let's celebrate the Lord our God as we declare good news is coming my way. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.